This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. <laughs> and I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Now, usually we record the show at like 9.30 a.m., but today we need to we had to get started a little early at like 9 a.m., and it sounds like we're starting at, at like 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how off we are. It's like, have you seen that show Severance? No, oh. but I've heard like... It's about like an evil corporation or something? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So basically people have their memories split. So they've got like an at-work self, at-work memory, and then like an at-home oh, self and at-home memory. Oh, I didn't know it was like a, like a sci-fi kind of show. Oh, it's real. It's not, but it's really interesting. But I was just thinking that like maybe our at-work selves only turn on at 930. That could be. So, let's, let's see what happens uh, like 15 minutes from now. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly the show is going to get a lot more corporate. It's going to I can't wait. Okay. Oh, are we going to start making a lot more money then too? Yes, but but through dastardly means. Oh, I love it when you talk about dastardly means. <laughs> yes, through um, we'll we'll have we'll earn filthy lucre. Oh, <laughs> yes. I like to keep up on all the latest yes! slang. Yes. Oh, you know. this is great. Um, I love your new hat. Have you been to the haberdasher? I have been to the haberdasher. Yes. Um, they uh, they made me uh, tell them my hat size, and they used a lot of mercury while making the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what for exactly. Wait, is haberdashery hat making? I, I think uh, millinery is oh! hat making, but uh, but haberdashery like. But is, there's there's some overlap. Is there. that I the think, making of accessories? I, I think it is. Yeah. No, but tell me really, what's haberdashery? I don't know. I think I think it's like men's clothing in general, but with an emphasis on hats. I'm just making this up. <laughs> It's, okay. it's like it's running any kind of store while drinking mercury. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah. So so uh, like dastard. We're doing dastardly deeds. We're, 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 yeah. You know. You know the phrase "dirty deeds done dirt cheap." Yes. That's not our company. We charge a lot. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, today we're talking about mangoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, yeah, today we're talking about mangoes. We are recording this in late March, uh, but you're going to be listening to this in early May. And I know that's a secret I'm not always supposed to give away. But what I wanted to say is that all of this is going to be great mango season. Yeah. It's it's an exciting time to, an exciting, to eat a mango. It's an exciting time to drink mercury. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So Matthew, I remember first encountering 
considering the idea of mango. Okay. When my dad, whose accomplishments I usually would list at this point in the show, but no, I'm going to let you do it. He's okay. uh, he's in, he, the invented Altoids. Yep. He's an endive man. Uh, that's all I remember. That, me too. Okay. okay. Anyway, he's also a mango man. Okay. He went to the Safeway at Cassidy Square, which may have at that point have already become Homeland. All right. Uh, anyway, he when, went- they, when they hired Claire Danes. <laughs> he, yes. I, um, love, I love that. Like, I try and know like one thing about a show because I've never seen that show. But what about Mandy Patinkin? I can't believe you left Mandy I Patinkin off it. I did not know he was on that show. I literally <gasps> yes. knew one thing about yeah, the show. Mandy Patinkin is like strangely sexy on that show. Like, I, I think he always is. Really? Yeah. I mean. What about his Inigo Montoya? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess you like men with a with a, a purpose, men with a mission, and a men fake after accent. vengeance. Fake accent is the main thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, my dad yes, once and vengeance. My dad once came home from Safeway slash Homeland with a mango. It, we'll talk a little bit more about what type I think it might have been, but I remember he was really excited about this because being a endive man, right? He had encountered interesting fruits and vegetables somehow previously in his life. Oh yeah, and uh, he. He was excited that this was available in our rinky dink grocery store in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Sure. Oh, I totally get that. Like, I am definitely also the kind of person who, like, you know, we live, I live in central Seattle and like there's, our grocery stores have like a lot of stuff from all over the world. But like anytime I see a new thing, like I will, I will bring it home like, like some sort of conquering hero. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the job of the of, of the uh, of the man, like of like the some house. sort of conquering haberdasher. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, and I remember being as excited about the mango as he was, and that was the first time I thought about a mango. Okay, what if our new business, like we just hit the corporate hour? What if our new business oh. was? You know how like there's uh, like you listen to podcasts and there's an ad for like we'll send you like a bunch of clothes in a box and like keep mm. what you want. Mm-hmm. What if we did that but only hats? Like we say you like five <laughs> hats a month in a box yes! like really expensive hats do like, you think that there's something like this for like ridiculously wealthy people that's that's just hats uh, or maybe oh <laughs> i bet there's something like this in the uk like rent a fascinator or something oh i think there's definitely rent a fascinator you know but there must also be something for like the dashing american man you know what i bet they have in england and they should have it here too this is going to be our new business okay um like there's like a royal wedding I guess they don't do those very often, huh? Yeah, they should do it more often. They should do royal weddings more often. That's going to be step one. Okay. Step two, like whatever hats you see or like other like striking garments at the royal wedding, we'll send you like copies of all of those in Ooh, a box. Ooh, yes. And, and you keep all of them and you pay us a lot. Yes. And then next month there'll be another like uh, contrived royal wedding and we'll do it again. Great. And we'll charge you like $250. Okay. Okay, terrific. Okay, what about the first time you had a mango? Um, so I don't necessarily remember the first time I had a mango, but like the things that I remember from my memory lane are like seeing someone, I think probably on TV, like turn cut a mango and then turn it inside out. So that uh, all the... Do, uh, do you think this would have been the early days of the Food Network? It might have been the early days of the Food ne- Network, but I definitely knew that mangoes existed before I ever watched Food Network. That's true. Um, Food Network, you're old. So Food Network right, came so I, along I late first in watched your life. Net, net Food Work. Um, 
<laughs> you can tell it's it's like corporate hour where we where we turn into our work selves, right? Net food work. Um, and like in '98 when we when we moved to New York, so I would have been like the ripe age of uh, 23, oh, 22. Wow. Yeah, I was ripe. You were ripe. Yeah. Were you starting to get a little bit like? Did you yield to to? gentle pressure on your skin I like, did. People, like a mango. people kept coming up to me and like pushing on my neck um because they they heard that like you should check the neck for ripeness <laughs> okay okay and okay. i was i was there for it man like i was i was like my first time living in the big city and yes. like i wanted all the neck action i could get <laughs> yes uh and so but then like the first time i remember really eating and enjoying a bango was in thailand did you say a bango a b- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, we are really short-circuiting. Someone did the severance procedure a little wrong. Um, I mean, like, who doesn't enjoy a good bango? <laughs> um, so it was uh, in Thailand, probably in the year 2000, wife of the show, Lori, and I went to Bangkok. And in Bangkok, I mean, we had, you know, mango with sticky rice uh, oh, like yes. at a restaurant, yes. which is fa- a fantastic dessert. But also, like, on the street, you'll see, like, street vendors in Thailand who have, like, a cart that is made of plexiglass so you can see through it and see, like, which fruits they have. So they'll have, like, mango, papaya, other fruits. And they will cut it up, like, when you order it and put it in a plastic bag and optionally uh, add uh, chili and salt, like mm. uh, dried dried red chili and salt, uh, which is so good. I, this had never occurred to me as a combination before. This, uh, like, you know, I had not ever heard of, like, tahine before. Right. And it was, like, I would, every time I saw it, I would buy it. It was so good. This reminds me of, uh, yeah, I've encountered similar things in Mexico. and. Yeah. I remember when June was little and we were at one of the like local lakes around here, there was a family next to us who had brought mangoes and tyene and they were just sitting there like feasting. Mm-hmm. June was watching them like so covetously <laughs> wanting these mangoes. Yeah. Anyway, these people, they were doing it right. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's let's talk about what a mango is. Great. Because you did the research and I don't know. Indeed. Okay. So and we can dig in any time. We can, but let's wait. Okay. <laughs> um, we're sitting here in front with two bowls, three bowls of mangoes in front of us, and we're not eating them. All right, ma- mango. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mango. <laughs> okay. All right. So would you pron- would you pronounce the 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 Latin name of this thing? Uh, Mangifera indica. Excellent. Commonly known as mango, is a species of large flowering fruit tree. And get this, is capable of growing to 100 feet tall. But only if it really believes in itself and doesn't drink coffee. That's right. Uh, The trunk can grow to 12 feet in circumference. I don't think I realized. Which I don't think is maybe that big now that I wrote it down. Because circumference, right? I mean, how many feet in circumference are we? More Um, than you'd think. Wow, that's, yeah, that's a good question. Because like, like. The, the ratio, like, looks smaller than it is. Because, yeah. like, it's the, the ratio of the circumference to the diameter is pi, right? So so if we divide if we divide 12 feet by 3, then, four then it's, like, across. 4 feet in diameter. So you're Still, right. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's a thick, pretty, that's a thick that's trunk. That's a thick trunk. Okay, so this tree was domesticated separately in South Asia and Southeast Asia. Okay. And sort of the... Um, Genetic remnants of those two lines still exist in modern mangoes today. Mangoes have since been introduced to to other warm regions of the world. Um, A lot of the mangoes that we get in the States were grown in Mexico, Peru, uh, also in the States, I should say. Yeah. 
People have been talking about mangoes for a long time. In the Western world, Linnaeus uh, described the species in 1753. Okay. Did I pronounce his name right? You did. I, I haven't talked about him in a long time. No, but it's, it's been a while since we've had Linnaeus on the show. We should we should like get in touch with his people. We should. Do you think that he might be able to recommend a haberdasher? I think he might. It's, like it sounds based on his name because because like he he made up this name sort of because his real name was Carl Linne and he and he called himself Carolus Linnaeus to be fancy. So it sounds like a real like. Uh, oh, haberdashery yeah. regular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the mango is the national fruit of India, Pakistan, and the Philippines, and is the national tree of Bangladesh. Yeah, when I think about mangoes, like, I think of mangoes as being, like, synonymous with India. Yes. Well, um, Matthew, did you know that there are somewhere between 283 and 1,000 types of mangoes in India alone, depending on which Wikipedia entry you look at? I mean, that 283 is kind of weirdly specific. Right? Yeah. Isn't it? But then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wikipedia, come on now. Like, get consistent. I found so many different numbers for how many types of mangoes there are in India. But however you slice it, it's a lot of mangoes. And we're going to get to how to slice a mango exactly. soon. Anyway, so today we're only going to be talking about a few types, I think like five or six types, and I've chosen them because they're the ones most commonly available in the U.S. market. Uh, certainly, if you live in South Asia or Southeast Asia, you probably have encountered many more varieties. Yeah. Most of the information that I'm going to share today comes from the website of the National Mango Board. I like that. Which was really fun to navigate and quite enjoyable, and maybe they should sponsor this show so that I can get a new hat. Yeah, get... <laughs> <laughs> but they like they, they will send you a, a hat with with like the slogan of the oh. national mango board on it yeah. which is um uh gotta try them bangos <laughs> <laughs> all right so matthew i want to start out by talking about the mango that uh that really has at least taken over my local grocery store in recent years, yeah. which is the Atolfo mango, which is also known as the honey mango, also known as a honey manila mango. I, I've heard all of these Also known as a champagne yeah. mango. Um, it's, it's on Why the- Why do you think they didn't call it a champango? Right? Yeah. I mean, like they've got the sweet tango apple. Right. They, uh, That's a good point. Like a, a champango mango. Yeah, you should have a champango mango. <laughs> anyway, okay. You may know it as the honey mango, the honey manila mango, the champagne mango, or the Atolfo mango. Am I pronouncing that I right? I think so. A-T-A-U-L-F-O. Uh, these are the small, uh, smaller than other ones, uh, sort of golden yellow ones. They get more golden as they ripen. Uh, sometimes they look a little wrinkly on the outside when they're really ripe. Yeah. And uh, at the time of year that we are recording this, so uh, March into April, these babies are in abundance at our local grocery store. Yeah, I like how on the agenda you describe them as sometimes comma-shaped. Yeah. Which is true. Like they sometimes like have like a little, a little curve at the end. And I imagine if you had four of them, you could use them as quotation marks. Yes, yes. Right? I mean, I did see uh, on the National Mango Board, they describe these and some other mangoes as being sigmoid shaped. Oh, I like that. Right? I mean, but I I had to spend too long thinking about what that meant. So I decided to go with more like a comma shape, which to me, it, sigmoid implies like S shaped. Is it? Cause like a, or is like, it a sig sigma? I was thinking of like shaped like a lowercase sigma. 
which is like what's the lowercase sigma? Like, I don't know. I'm only, I don't... I'm only picturing a capital sigma. Is it what does a capital sigma look like? I don't want to say it on the air in case I get it wrong. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> should we get a pen and we can draw what we think they look like? No. Okay. This great. is one of our more boring segments. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> People have been asking for this for a while. It's uh, uh, each each week we're going to choose a Greek, Greek letter, letter and say what we think it looks like, except that we're, we'll be too scared to give our opinion. Back in December and January, we were talking about Omicron. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that Greek yeah. letters turned evil. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, these, these mangoes are kind of small. Uh, they're kind of a flattened oblong shape compared yeah. to some other mangoes which are more like round or not spherical, but like plump and oval. Yeah. I mean, although every every mango is, is like a little bit flattened. I don't know about that, dude. We are going to get okay. there in a minute. You're right. I just realized I'm, I'm speaking about like three different mangoes that I've met. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to maybe introduce you to a fourth, except he's not here today, but I'm going to talk about Fine. him. Whoops. I just... Rang the bowl. <laughs> Come to up. order. Up, up. It's time for our corporate selves. No, we already did that. No, no. That's you have to. You have to like ring, ring the bowl to invite them in. Okay. Anyway, what I really like about the Atalfo mango is that it has a smooth flesh with not a lot of fibers, because you know you want to say something. You know, some some people like have strong pa- opinions on on uh, whether corporations are people, but what about are corporations <laughs> vampires? Like, could we all could we all like settle on that as a compromise? Oh yeah, I okay. mean, I think they are vampires. I like it. What I really like about this mango is that it has very few fibers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the next mango we're going to talk about has a lot of fibers. Because I think, like, I think of the Atolfo champagne mango as kind of like a Honeycrisp apple. Not- this isn't even a very good one, by the way. It's a little, no. a little green tasting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But even so... It's got what what I always call like the diesel flavor of mangoes because it tell smells me more. it smells a little bit like a like like the gas at a truck stop, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. in a good way because like I like that smell. the The thing about these is oh, like yeah. it's, I say they're like Honeycrisp apples not because they like have like the flavor or texture or appearance of Honeycrisp apples, but because like the most popular mango for a long time, which we're going to talk about in detail, kind of sucks. Yes, and I then, can't wait. In the same way that a red delicious apple kind of sucks, mm-hmm. and then suddenly along comes like you know, what if there was a mango that was good, and everyone's like, okay, we'll we'll get that one. And now that is what we have decided that the Atolfo mango is. Yeah. Um, and at its best, it's very good. Yes. You know, I have always felt that mangoes had a vaguely dusty flavor mm-hmm. or like a dusty texture. And this, uh, this you know, honey mango situation has a, a smaller quantity of that than some of the other mangoes that we're going to talk about. But still, anyway, so I, I think that most of our listeners are probably familiar with this guy. Yeah, I think so. And they're, they're, I should say... <clears throat> the terms, uh, the term champagne mango, and I'm guessing also maybe honey mango, these things came about as like marketing terms. Oh, of course. Yeah. Just, just clarifying. You know, Matthew, I think that this one would have been better with like one day more ripening. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. Yeah, I think so. But I still like it. Mm-hmm, me too. Okay. So mm, we're going to get to the, the red delicious of mangoes. Yeah. But on the way, we're going to visit 
its progenitor. Is that the right term? I think it is. Oh, yeah. God. Wow. Are we going to talk about, let's talk about Punnett squares. Let's talk about Punnett squares. Recently, we had a, uh, like a long conversation as a family about the term ancestor. Ooh, um, yes. Okay. Because I am sensing a shift in the meaning of the word ancestor to mean either uh, a progenitor or a descendant. Like, I think this started as like a mistake. But now, like, I hear it so, so frequently and goes uncorrected so often I'm that I so, think the meeting is starting to, is wait, starting to what? shift. That you hear people using ancestor to refer to, like, a, someone downstream right, from so, them? Right, so that, like, you know, some of this person living today is an ancestor of George Washington, meaning that George Washington was their ancestor, that it can, that it can go both no, ways. No, I've yeah, never so, heard this. No, no, as, so, like, you know, as, a, as like, a, a grumpy middle-aged person, I'm like, oh, that sounds wrong to me, but it's starting to sound, like, borderline acceptable to me and i hear it all the time i have never heard it before you have to start sending me examples of this in print i will start texting you uh, no actually i'm going to clip it out of the newspaper like like a grandma and and mail it to you yes i want to see this because i mean it i don't i never took latin despite my excellent pronunciation of linnaeus yeah that's true i never took latin but i'm guessing that ancestor that the an there is related to like antediluvian uh antipartum wow is it i think you're probably right does it have to do with like before so smart but that doesn't mean that the meaning can't shift in english no (laughs) wait i don't like this um and to be to be clear this is something that i've only heard in spoken language not written okay so but okay uh, i will still send you examples as i I encounter what i thought you were going to say is that there i I do think that there is sort of a broadening uh, there there are now like kind of a spiritual ancestors that people talk about every bit as much as actual yeah but i don't think that's new that's not new no okay Okay. so let's talk about the spiritual ancestor (laughs) of of the mango (laughs) okay All right. So another type of mango that is uh, very prevalent is the Hayden mango. And this is the mango that actually in the early 1900s, like started the large scale mango industry in the U.S. So like a mango came to Florida and like got up behind a podium and was like, that's right. I'm here. That's right. And Plant me. grow me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So the Hayden mango uh, is, is named for a man named Jack Hayden, who in 1902 in Coral Gables, Florida, I guess, grew this thing from grew, grew this tree. Is actor Thomas Hayden Church like an heir to the Hayden yeah. mango fortune? Yeah. That's where he got his good looks. That, yeah. that uh, smooth skin of the the, the mango. I Does he have know. smooth skin? I think of I him as being know. more rugged. Maybe when the, when he first started sure, out in yeah. Star Wars, he was a little more baby faced. Was he was he in Star Wars? Wasn't he? Come on, wasn't he? Wasn't he Anakin Skywalker? Uh no. Thomas Hayden. Hayden Christensen oh. was in Star Wars. Wait, who are you talking about? I'm talking about the guy from the movie Sideways and the show Wings. I don't know that guy. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Paul, wasn't Paul Giamatti in Sideways? Yes, but. Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church and Virginia Madsen and Sandra Oh were the stars of the movie Sideways. Apparently the movie that I know the most about. 
<laughs> I have seen that movie, which I cannot say for most movies. Oh my God, this was the movie. Okay, okay. okay you want to okay. hear a, a true story? Yeah. The movie that won Best Picture. I heard of that movie Coda? the day before the Oscars. Before that, I had never heard even the name. I heard of it two days before the Oscars yes. because Ash went and looked up the movies that were nominated for Best Film so that we could decide if we were going to watch any of them. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds good. It does sound like, good. I'm not going to see Power of the Dog, which sounds oh. like it could be could not possibly be less my kind of movie. Oh, uh, Ash and I, the only, the only Oscar-nominated movie that we saw this year was Power of the Dog, and I loved it. Okay. Okay, but you would hate it. It sounds like a real cement garden to me. Oh, I loved it. Okay. All right. Hang on. But I do want to say that, you know, Jack Hayden of Coral Gables, Florida, he didn't get this like mango seed from nowhere, right? So the, the Hayden mango, which got its name in the U.S., can be traced back to the Malgova or Malgova mango, which is originally from Tamil Nadu, India. So did did Thomas Hayden Church go to to <laughs> Tamil Nadu and and like take a mango seed? That is exactly what Star Wars is about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank That's you. Right. I have not seen Star Wars in a while, and yeah. uh, and that thanks for for jogging my memory yeah. there. Okay. Anyway, most varieties of mangoes available in U.S. grocery stores descend from Hayden mangoes. Okay. Wow, I, I should have tried out using Ancestor there. <laughs> I I don't know that I've ever encountered a Hayden mango, so but it seems like I must have. But here's the thing. A Hayden mango looks almost exactly like what this one is. Yeah. Which is, hold on, let me just say. So a Hayden mango, I think we can all, I think the, our original, like probably most of us who are, I don't know, around my age, I'm 43. Mm -hmm. When I picture mango, at least until a couple years ago, what I would picture is what looks like a Hayden mango. Okay. Okay. So a little bigger than the Atolfo mango. Okay, uh, say so, so sort of medium to large, kind of a rounder oval shape, and it's bright wet red with green and yellow overtones. Okay, but that that sounds like the same as the Tommy Atkins mango. Well, we're about to get there, okay. dude. Hang on. So the Hayden mango, the flesh has fibers, so it's not as like silky and dense seeming kind of as the the Atolfo mango. Anyway, here's the deal. So the Hayden mango had a baby. Okay. Uh, so the Hayden mango um, basically is the ancestor of the mango that you have been dying to talk about, which is the Tommy Atkins mango, also developed in the U.S. It was first grown in 1922 in Broward County, Florida, okay. by a dude named Thomas H. Atkins. Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, okay. So the Tommy Atkins mango it, it, it grew from a Hayden mango seed. Okay. okay. But for whatever reason, it had just a couple key differences that made it particularly resilient when being shipped. That's, yeah, that seems to be go. what the, to the Tommy Atkins mango is all about. Yeah. So the Tommy Atkins mango looks a lot like a Hayden mango. It's got like a really kind of red quality to it, sometimes green and yellow overtones. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good looking it's mango. It's a gorgeous mango. I mean, it is like, you know, if you're going to do a still life with a mango. Still life with mango, yeah. I would choose a Tommy Atkins mango. Is there, there's a mango emoji, right? Pretty sure. Like, I don't know which one. Let's look up. We got to find out which one it is. All right. This is an iPhone. And. Oh, I like this. Yeah. I, I want to talk about my reaction to it because it's going to be really interesting. This tastes a bit like a pineapple. 
a little bit like a pineapple, a little bit like um. I've I've completely forgotten how to use my phone. Uh, just uh, text me something and look for a mango emoji. Okay, mango. I I searched I searched for gifs in five mistake. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, what? You know gifs. I love how you didn't want. So when I first got to Matthew's apartment this morning, okay, look, it's it's totally a Tommy Atkins mango. It is. It's totally a Tommy Atkins mango. Oh. All right. Okay, everybody. Yeah, so right. the Tommy Atkins mango was developed from a Hayden mango seed. And the Tommy Atkins mango, the thing that is prized about it is its long shelf life and its ability to be transported without suffering too much. Uh, but it, the trade-off is it, it lacks an ability to transport the eater. Yes, except that I find this quite transportive. Nah. Hang on just a minute. So I'm pretty sure that this is the type that my dad brought home all those years ago. I'm sure it is. Uh, when I first was reading up on mango types, I thought, oh, my dad brought home a Hayden mango. But I'm now realizing that actually a lot of the Hayden mango industry in South Florida has been wiped out by hurricanes um, okay. and by development. And so Tommy Tommy Atkins is by, by far, you know, um, more likely as... Okay, so you know what this of reminds me of? First of all, I feel like this Tommy Atkins mango, like it's not terrible. No. It is it is stringier than yep. the than the Atolfo mango, and the flavor is less complex and I would say like w- belongs in sort of a canned fruit cocktail. Like if you put this mango in a fruit cocktail, it would be right at home. Do you and feel it, like you're, it tastes a little pineapple-y? It tastes a little pineapple And what it reminds me of is, uh, I forgot to mention during Memory Lane, that uh, the first time I tried mango high chew, I was like, oh, this is what a mango is supposed to taste like. Because mango mm. high chew is so good. It really captures like the full range of mango yes. flavor. and But it's also very sweet because it's a candy. And it's kind of like this Tommy Atkins mango. I think this Tommy Atkins mango is quite tasty. But it is... Um, it pushes my like sweet and sour buttons. Whereas the Atolfo, even the like somewhat unripe Atolfo that we're eating mm-hmm. has much more like, I'm not going to say uh, like a, a funkier flavor, but it has um, like depth to it. Yeah. Where are your sweet and sour buttons located? Hold on. <laughs> Just All right. So <clears throat> the Tommy Atkins mango is the main mango that you're going to find for sale in any regions where mangoes have to be imported. My main mango. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it makes up like 80% of the mangoes sold in the U.S. and the U.K., for instance. Okay. Except if you're in like Hawaii, California, Florida, those places that grow mangoes. Right. Okay. That makes Jamaica. sense. Um, anyway, it, so, you know, it looks a lot like a Hayden because it grew from a Hayden seed. And I would like to share with you. The infamous history of, of the Atkins okay. mango. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad Wikipedia. for Hayden on the Atkins mango. Okay, here we go. Oh, wait, can I tell you one more thing yeah. before before yeah. we start on the uh, the infamous history, uh, the dastardly deeds? One thing I did like about this uh, Tommy Atkins mango is that on the sticker, it's, it was imported from Mexico, and it said Tommy Mexico. Which oh, it I did? Think it, it, like, if someone has the nickname Tommy Mexico, like, that's a really solid name. Do you think that he's, like, a cousin of, like, Tommy Bahama? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like okay. the like Tommy Bahama's mainland cousin. Yeah. Okay. So th- this is from Wikipedia. The original Tommy Atkins tree reportedly grew from a Hayden seed planted around 1922 on the property of Thomas H. Atkins of Broward County, Florida. Later pedigree analysis supported the Hayden parentage. Okay. All right. So passed a paternity test mm-hmm. there. 
Thomas Atkins submitted the fruit to the Variety Committee of the Florida Mango Forum multiple times during the 1950s, which rejected it due to its unremarkable eating qualities and considerable fiber in the flesh. Interesting. Okay. Atkins, however felt strongly that the fruit had good commercial potential due to its color, strong and steady production, relatively good fungus resistance, and good handling characteristics. He was able to market the fruit successfully to commercial growers who began planting the cultivar during the 1950s. Thereafter, Tommy Atkins became extremely popular as a commercial variety, eventually becoming the most commonly planted commercial mango in Florida, and later the most extensively planted in the Americas, a position it still holds today. But, this bums me out. But This is a win for like commerce over flavor. It is, and as, as our corporate selves, <clears throat> we believe in commerce over flavor. Okay. But I feel like now my, like, like, my mind has has undergone severance because I expected to really hate this. Yeah, no, it's I not don't hate bad. it. It's so now I don't know how I feel. Well, I'm I'm fascinated by like what other things the Florida Mango Forum was tasting in the 1950s. That is a really good such question. That, like this was so bad. And was was this a good job? It seems like maybe it was. This was like a people people would job. just keep bringing you mangoes. Yeah, and you and probably you're you're. You're sitting on the committee because you're the executive of some like mango cooperative. I really wish that John McPhee had written a book called Mangoes. Yeah. In addition to his classic Oranges, which is about the orange industry in Florida. Oh, well, we should we I should get in touch. Mangoes. Yeah. It's not, it's not too late. No, he's, it's he's not... very old. But... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just feel like may we not be like Tommy Atkins. I mean, dude probably made a lot of money, but I want to I want to make flavor, man. Oh, interesting. We we don't know like the corporate history of the Atolfo Champagne Mango because probably someone's making money and flavor off of this, right? Yeah, even but, though this one isn't very good, right? Mm. I don't know. Like, I think we need to stick with the idea of sending people weird hats in boxes. <laughs> okay, like you know, we got we have to focus. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. I'm going to mention briefly this one um, because the American or the National Mango Board says that it's out there. Okay. <laughs> it's called the Francis Mango. And its primary source country is Haiti. And that is kind of like like where it is known to grow almost okay. exclusively. I think that it is sometimes called the Madame Francis. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, its coloration and shape is similar to Atolfo mangoes, but with green overtones. Okay. It is supposed to be like soft and juicy, and it does have fibers. So I, right. I wonder how the flavor compares to the Atolfo. But anyway, if you have, so you have Francis mango out there, let us know. All right. 
Okay, so the mango that I'm most excited to talk about today, Matthew, All right. is this next one. It's the Kit Mango. I can't believe you're excited to talk about a mango I've never no, heard I'm of. I'm really excited yeah. about this. So it's spelled K-E-I-T-T, and I had never heard of this thing prior to last November when, so my mom had a birthday, and she wanted to go to Palm Springs to celebrate her birthday. Mm-hmm. So we went to Palm Springs to celebrate celebrate. Yep. We got celibate yeah, uh-huh. in Palm Springs. Anyway, I have a friend, Hannah Collette. Shout out to Hannah Collette, who lives uh, like an hour's drive from Palm Springs. Does she live in 29 Palms? And she came to visit us one day in Palm Springs and brought all kinds of delicious things to eat, like really good dates and like a delicious sparkling wine. Nice. And anyway, Hannah also brought this gigantic mango. Okay. And she referred to it as a desert mango. I like that term too. I mean, it was big. It was, it was like, I, I don't know what we could compare this to. I feel like, like if I had like a, like a girlfriend who lived in the desert, I would call her my desert mango. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I wish um, I had a girlfriend who lived in the desert. (laughs) Um, okay. Anyway, but this thing was huge and Hannah was very excited to have brought this for us. She lamented that it wasn't quite ripe. However, we ate the living daylights out of it anyway. I have since learned it's called a kit mango. And when I got back to Seattle, I started noticing them in stores here. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, strangely, so the National Mango Board says that the, the peak season for them is like March to April and then also August and September. I have to say, here in the Pacific Northwest, I saw them in the grocery stores in November and December. Okay. But anyway, this is a really much larger mango than other mangoes. It stays green even when ripe. All right. Um, So for for ripeness, you know, you have to do it by feel, really. But the thing is, Matthew, you've eaten this mango before because this is popular, most popular. It might be this mango right here. In Asian countries, where this is the mango type that is used in a green mango salad. It is used in its like mature green form for a lot of dishes. Want to taste some? Um, let's taste some. Matthew, mm. what did this one look like? Did mm. you, so, mm. oh, that's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was this a big green mango? Mm-hmm. Well, it was a small green mango. Like it's small. I'll, I'll go get it. Yeah, go get it. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what this one is, if it's just a small kit mango. Because it's about the same size and shape as the Tommy Atkins, but it is, it is green. And uh, like when you buy a green <coughs> mango, like you need to you need to squeeze it and make sure that it doesn't have any give. Because if it has any give, then it's starting to ripen and it's not going to have that sourness that you're looking for. Right, right. I, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's just a small, small one. But anyway, um, wow. The kit mango is so delicious. Here's the thing. The flesh is firm, kind of like uh, the Atolfo mango, although it it doesn't really get quite as soft as the Atolfo mango. Mm -hmm. And it has very few fibers and it's super juicy. It was so delicious. It was truly uh, one of the highlights of uh, my winter food experience. I can't believe you didn't share you, you didn't bring one, you didn't share it with me. You didn't call me and say come down to Palm Springs immediately. There's a mango emergency. It was so good. It was so good. Anyway, it's grown, you know, if you are over here in North America, it's grown in Mexico, Ecuador, Brazil, and the US okay. apparently. Maybe it's grown in California, which is why 
Hannah called it a desert mango. I will be on the lookout for Kit Mango. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then the last one, which I wanted to mention because I think maybe some of our uh, our East Coast listeners might encounter this more, is that the Kent Mango, which was developed in Florida in the 1940s. I think that we've all probably eaten a lot of these mangoes because they're best for juicing and drying. Oh, I love dried mango. I didn't even think to put that on the agenda. But yeah. Like, I, yeah, like, like Trader Joe's dried mango, great. So, yeah, this is the Kent mango. These are also dark green and large, like the Kit mango, but they develop yellow dots or sort of yellow overtones as they ripen. Yellow whereas, dots. Whereas the Kit mango really stays very green. Okay. So, anyway, yeah, these guys are um these guys are really a winter you know, god, this almost makes me wonder. It says peak availability is January, February and December. It makes me wonder if like did the Kit Mango I was able to get in Seattle, was that actually a Kent Mango that was mislabeled? I, I, if I had it in December, did you did you get did you send it to twenty three and Mango to get to get uh, <laughs> DNA analyzed? Because oh, if not, you'll never know. Anyway, um, yeah. So Matthew, one thing I want to talk about though, because you know I'm really we got I'm all fired up now, is how we cut these things because the way that Hannah cut the Kit Mango was unlike any mango I had ever d- cut before. Okay, tell me she, about okay, it. Okay, so you know how mangoes have this kind of like. Uh, like flat oblong seed in yes. the middle, right? So you, when you cut them, I think pretty much every cutting method for a mango I've ever encountered does the same thing in the beginning, which is you kind of cut off like a lobe on one side of the seed and a lobe on the other. Yes. Although I've seen like a mango slicer, yes. which, which is the same principle, but like does it all at once. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good tool or not. I did see those on the National Mango Board sure. website. Um, anyway, so what Hannah did next with the Kit Mango, which again is a little firmer than these other ones that we've been eating. Um, she then took like that lobe and cut it into thin slices, like... Uh, maybe quarter inch thick slices. That's thin. Okay. That then you could like pick up, you know, each slice was was maybe like seven inches long. Okay. And you could just pick it up and eat it almost like you would eat a like a very thin wedge of watermelon. Hmm. It was delightful because you didn't need a fork or whatever. I think it would be trickier with a juicier, like a softer mango to eat it that way. Yeah. I but like was, the idea, though. Oh, it was delightful. Because a mango is a is a sensuous fruit. It is a sensuous, and like fruit. you want to you want to like get your hands on it. Um, like we're you, eating it with a fork, which is not very ever, sensuous. Do you ever like pick up the pit of a really good mango and like gnaw on the pit? I do. You absolutely. Do? Yes, like the sides where you didn't get enough off when you were like doing like the sides of the seed. Absolutely. I've never, I've watched somebody else do that, but I've never like done it a, because like it's, in a video. It's, yeah, like, <laughs> like on a uh, like cam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mango cam. <laughs> anyway, um, where are we still talking about? Yeah, we're cutting still up? talking right, about. It. So you, you cut the lobes off, right? And, and then, then what do you do with the lobes? With the lobes, I usually cut like a, a you know lattice pattern into the flesh and then scoop it out with a spoon. Mm. And I tried to do that with this Tommy Atkins mango, and it did not work very well because I didn't cut far enough into the skin area. I usually, I think of this as like the hedgehogging method, but you don't do the full hedgehog. <laughs> right. Do- that, hedgehogging definitely sounds, it sounds like, <laughs> like, a, like a sexual term they would use in England, that like somehow people in England are really into this. <laughs> 
Okay, well, what I mean by hedgehogging is you cut that like grid pattern into the flesh of the lobe and then you kind of turn it inside out so that it, it kind of hedgehogs. Like it, it's, yeah. it's pokey, but the, the pokes are mango cubes. No, and it looks really cool. And uh, June finds this magical. Kids love it. Except, like, wow, June needs a lot of practice doing this because it requires more dexterity than than sure. one would think. But anyway, um, yeah, so that is my preferred method usually is to, yeah, to do the hedgehog. But, yeah, where it differs from your method is that I use a knife to cut the cubes off the flesh and you used a spoon mm-hmm. to scoop. Yeah, and I think like when I do it like with an Atolfo mango and I like I do cut through far enough, it works well. Yeah, I believe it, especially with a mango like this that is like dense and not too fibrous. And it's satisfying to like feel the spoon kind of dig against the skin from the inside. Well, it's a similar thing to avocados, yeah. right? I mean, you can do the same thing with avocado. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't touch oh, an avocado. That's, but, that's right, okay. But it is very similar, yes. When you're cutting the lobes off, do you then cut the, like a little strip off all the way around the the Yes, as and well. Usu- and usually there's not there's not a whole lot of flesh there, but it's enough to make it worth it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Sometimes I will just gnaw that off. Okay. What about the skin? Do you do you eat the skin? No. Does it anybody? I don't know, but I I don't think it hurts you. But well, I was but- just wondering if you were like. <laughs> My niece, Hillary, who at least as of like nine years ago, when she briefly lived with us while she was going to massage school, she would eat an entire apple, like core oh. and seeds and all, and just spit out the core and seeds. But like she a few years the ago, there was this thing. thing where like, if you eat an apple from the bottom, you can eat the whole thing. And I tried it and it sort of works, but then I felt weird about it. Why does it matter where you're starting from? It shouldn't. And I don't think it does. I think it's just like a trick to get people to eat apple cores. I'm going to think this over. Okay. Uh, Matthew, do you ever cook with these things? No, I never have. I've never even made a mango salsa, which I know was big in the 80s, 90s. I remember maybe in the late 90s, I remember um, when when I was in California for college and I lived close to my mom's sister, I remember her being in a period of making mango salsas. Yeah, that was definitely a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mango salsa with with fish. Oh, absolutely. Big thing. Yes. Now, I know, I know, like grilled mango is a thing that is done. I don't think I've ever had it. I don't think I've had it either. I went to, I went to Hawaii for the first time last fall and went to a restaurant where I wound up, uh, like ordering whatever the special was of the day, whatever, like the fresh catch was. And it was some fish that I now can't remember served with in, like, on a, like a mango puree. And I hated that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did not like that. But that is not reflective of the mango, you know. Sure. I, I, who wants a sweet fruit no, sauce? That I I do under think of your that fish. as as like a very 80s yeah. early 90s thing. Yeah. So, you know, of course though, there's green mango salad, which you and I both love. Love it. Yeah, Vietnamese style or Thai style, like it's uh, it's going to be like slivers of green mango usually uh, with a fish sauce based and lime juice based dressing. So good. Mhm. Mm-hmm. What about mango chutney? I mean, especially like jarred mango chutney. Very good. Yeah, love right. It. Okay, delicious. But yeah, most of the time I just buy mango and eat them. Like, I think it's it's a thing where like, you know, with, with like strawberries, like if you have good strawberries, like there's nothing that you want to do with them more than just like eat them and get like strawberry stains all over yourself. I agree. I agree. I don't even tend to like put them in smoothies or something. I, I No, just... I don't put them in smoothies either. <laughs> 
I was just thinking I of like. I to make smoothies. We've talked about this. And like, then I got rid of my blender and stopped making smoothies. And things have been very different since then. Things have been so different. What else? I mean, I, I truly love mango. I eat a lot of mangoes when, you know, when there's an abundance of mangoes. Yeah, whenever I see the Atolfo like mangoes, I Relatively buy cheap. Well, great. I think this was our mango episode. I think it was, too. Like, we're still, the, the jury is still out, but, like, they're deliberating. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well. Let's move on to segments. Okay. Do we have any spilled mail? We do. Uh, so this one is from listener Carla. Uh, listener Carla says, Hi, hosts, Matthew and Molly. I listened to episode 531, Caesar Salad, over the weekend and found myself shouting, Wendy still has baked potatoes at my phone. Then I worried, or do they? Further research. I imagine listener Carla on the bus <laughs> shouting, yeah. Wendy still, still has, has baked, baked potatoes. potatoes. Or do they? <laughs> Further research shows that yes, Wendy's does still carry baked potatoes. Five versions, in fact. So if you had to order one of these baked potatoes from Wendy's, which would it be? I love this listener yeah. mail. Mm-hmm. All right. In cheese plate order. Carla has has assembled these in cheese plate order. All right. Number one, plain baked potato. Okay. Okay. Number two, cheese. Three, sour cream and chive. Four, bacon cheese. Five, chili cheese. Plain. Just kidding. I'm going to go with cheese. I'm going to go with chili cheese for okay. sure. When wow, chili God, is very you went, tasty. You, took it, you, you turned it up to five. Uh, yeah. Like I go, I go when it comes to baked potatoes, I will go to 11. Wow. Uh, listener Carla says the last time I ordered a baked potato from Wendy's, you could still get a broccoli and cheese potato. It's been a minute. Okay. Gosh, this makes me want to go to Wendy's yeah, and get a baked potato I've for lunch. I've been craving Wendy's so bad. Like, one thing I'm curious about is uh, is whether uh, uh, rampant inflation and supply chain issues have infe- have affected the uh, four for four, or whether it's still the best deal in all of capitalism. Um, <laughs> and uh, you could go find out today. I could. I, wow, I, know. I could do that. You could. I do think that. I'm going to do that. Ah, uh, okay, that sounds great. Okay, it is my week to do a now, but wow. I got to say, I was thinking as I drove over here this morning, because I listened to uh, an audio version of this thing I'm about to recommend. Okay. I, I was thinking about how I wanted to describe it. And you know what? I want to I do something a little unusual. I want to say, just trust me on this one. Oh, okay. I'm not going to describe it. All right. All right. This is an article uh, published in the New York Times Magazine uh, by the writer Wesley Morris, and it's called My Mustache Myself. And a lot of our listeners have probably already read this. I have. It was also it also aired on the Daily uh, around the same time it came out. Uh, both of these were in October 2020, so long time ago. I was reminded of it recently because I I was taking a workshop in which somebody referred to this as an example of a particular type of writing structure. Sure. And anyway, it made me get it out and listen to it again. Uh, Like a start from the mustache and work outwards Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, Wesley Morris does the audio, um, which you can listen to on the daily. Uh, He reads so well. I mean, it's no wonder. I mean, the, the man has done a lot of audio work. But anyway, more than anything, I think this is just a fantastic piece of cultural criticism blended with personal sort of archaeology. Uh, it's an exploration of of blackness through the lens of 
this guy's mustache. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reread it because I read it when it first came out and I enjoyed it very much, but I haven't so thought good. about it since then, so yeah. I will. So that's My Mustache Myself by Wesley Morris, as published in the New York Times magazine in October 2020. And we'll link to it in the show notes. Our producer who drops by in the middle of every episode is Abby Circatella. <laughs> Indeed. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can uh, talk to other people who listen to the show at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. It's a uh, it's a nice little community. Indeed. You can get your baked potato at Wendy's. Uh-huh. The five the five options. Yep, the five um, options. You can cut up your mango using a hedgehog or a scoop. Yep, those are the two tools. Yep. <laughs> uh, and until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, I'm Matthew, your desert girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm Happerdasher. <laughs> I forgot the idea was Happerdasher. Okay. So uh, uh, producer Abby came to us with a warning that if you eat too many mangoes, <laughs> you will get mango fever and your feet get soft. Uh, but to be clear, not like like dermatologically soft, like like so soft that maybe it's like you have no bones. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the boneless feet. <laughs> like the boneless and also feet. to be clear, this is not true. Yeah, no. Uh, producer <laughs> Abby does not believe this. She <laughs> right. she knew someone who used to claim that this was this was what happened. Producer Abby may cut this part of the show even. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 